Hey everyone, welcome to the Geek Awakens, where the talk is geekier than shedding a tear over the Sonic the Hedgehog trailer. I'm Mitch, and joining me tonight is Matt. I'm kind of concerned that you might have actually done that. Tabitha. Because it looked bad. And Lydia. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just also wondering why. This is not a good trailer, guys. I mean, okay. we're going to talk about it more in depth in a little bit. You scared me. I thought you meant because it was so beautiful. I <laughs> Um, I do want to start off, um, this is still kind of breaking news if, well, we're not live, but anyway, um, breaking news as of this recording, uh, on April 30th, uh, Peter Mayhew, which is the original Chewbacca, uh, passed away, uh, they made the announcement just a couple hours ago, um, on his, uh, on his Facebook page, uh, The Wookiee Roars, um, it says, uh, the fa- uh, family of pa- uh, Peter Mayhew, with uh, deep love and sadness, regrets, regrets to share the news that Peter has passed away. He left us the evening of April 30th, 2019, with his family by his side in his North Texas home. It does, you know, go on to talk about his life and career and everything, and how um, to get prepared for The Force Awakens. I mean, he was, you know, before then, he was wheelchair-bound, and he was able to work through that to be able to stand again, which... I think we knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but also it does go on to say that um, uh, that rather than gifts and flowers, the family asks that you consider donating to the foundation uh, so that they can continue his efforts to help uh, to help the community. You can donate at PeterMayhewFoundation.org. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it sucks. I mean, I, I know that, you know, he wasn't in good health for a long time. And, you know, so on, on that aspect, I mean, I, I'm glad to see that, you know, he's no longer in pain or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But it, but still, I mean, it is, it doesn't make it any harder, you know, or any easier. Yeah, that's, it's still <laughs> wow. sad because he is Chewbacca. He's, he's always been Chewbacca. He's always going to be Chewbacca, even though if there's somebody else, you know, in the suit, like, that's... Still him. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, anyway, so yeah, so I wanted to make sure that we... Just touched on that uh, for just a little bit. Uh, also, uh, in a little bit lighter news, uh, so in an effort to slowly but surely take over the podcast world, we are now on Stitcher, so be sure to look for and follow us there. Very slowly, but it's, it's going to happen. Is it? You're going the snowball effect, right? It starts really slowly, and then yeah. before you know it. We call it an avalanche? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That sounds right. That's <laughs> That are more accurate. It starts slowly, and then the temperature rises, and then we melt. <laughs> oh, no. That also sounds right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so this Saturday is Free Comic Book Day. We haven't really talked about mm-hmm. it this year, mm-hmm. uh, but I know for sure I'm going to get myself some free comics. Yep. Uh, in addition to free comics, a lot of stores will carry, like... Uh, uh, there's an exclusive Constantine uh, pop vinyl, uh, as well as like some other things that are um, out there. And then also, a lot of stores are also going to be doing, you know, some kind of special or sale or whatever. So just keep in mind, you know, if you go buy something else, because yep. it's not free to the to the comic book shops. Uh, they actually they do pay for the comics as well as you know they have to you know, provide extra staff and things like that. So, on a normal Saturday, it's probably one guy in there, and there's not going to be one guy in there on no. Saturday. So be a line out the door. Yeah. See, I've never been to Free Comic Book Day, so I'll have to go with you, and you'll have to teach me your ways. I mean, are you are you working Saturday? Nope. 
We're going to talk after the show. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of comics, uh, last week, uh, the uh, the comic industry awards, uh, the the Will Eisners, uh, were, the nominees were announced. Uh, I'm not going to go through all the nominees, but I do want to point out a couple things. Uh, either uh, some stuff, because Lion Forge was, uh, was nominated for a lot. So, throwing up a few from them, and then also just some other nominees that that caught my eye when i was looking uh looking through it um in the uh best continuing series uh category there's you've got batman uh black hammer age of doom from dark horse uh gasolina from skybound slash image uh giant days from boombox the immortal hulk from uh, marvel obviously and runaways also from marvel uh really surprising to see runaways on there but yeah i'm happy with that yeah um Best Limited Series, Batman White Knight, uh, Eternity mm. Girl, uh, Exit Stage Left, The Snagglepuss Chronicles, which, that, I didn't have, I, I still haven't read it, but, like, that got a lot better reviews than I thought it was going to. Same. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Miracle, and then X-Men Grand Design, Second Ooh. Genesis. That's going to be a tough category, just between Batman White Knight and Mr. Miracle. I mean, those are both really well received. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. Uh, best New Series... Uh, which, best new series, all of these titles came from Image, just throwing that out there. Okay. Uh, Bitterroot, Crowded, Gideon Falls, Isola, Maneaters, and then Skyward. Let's see. Now, uh, Lion Forge was nominated in the best publication for early readers category for This is a Taco. Awesome! Yes. And if it doesn't win, we riot. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Four person riot. <laughs> if it's riot for tacos? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is a taco is up against uh, Johnny Boo and the Ice Cream Computer, which was uh, from IDW, uh, Petals from Kaboom, Peter and Ernesto, A Tale of Two Sloths from First Second, and then also from First Second, Tiger vs. Nightmare. I need to know what this two sloths thing is. <laughs> yeah. I do. I kind of need to as well. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, let's see. Puerto Rico Strong was nominated for, uh, for Best Anthology, along with, uh, Femme Magnifique, uh, 50 Magnificent Women Who Changed the World, uh, Twisted Romance, Where We Live, A Benefit for the Survivors in Las Vegas, uh, Upgrade Soul was nominated for Best Graphic Album, uh, also nominated in that category, uh, Berlin, Girl Town, uh, The Vision, uh, and Young Francis. Best U.S. Edition of International Material, uh, they actually got two uh, nomin- uh, nominations for this one. Uh, Heracles Bur- Book 1, as well as A Sea of Love. Mm. Uh, also note nominated, About Betty's Boob. Uh, Brazen, Rebel Ladies Who Rock the World. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Lee and I were confused. <laughs> <laughs> Just the one? Yeah, <laughs> I was going to ask that. Just the one. Just the one. It could be a typo, but I don't know. <laughs> I have questions. <laughs> <laughs> and then... And then also uh, New York. In the Best Writer Slash Artist category, uh, Tony Sandoval was nominated for Water Snakes, as well as Jin Wang for The Prince and the Dressmaker, uh, Nate Powell for Come Again, David Lapham for Lodger, uh, Nick Dranso for Sabrina, and Sophie Campbell for Wet Moon. Um, Best Painter Slash Multimedia Artist, uh, Lion Forge got two other nominations for that. Uh, Gregory uh, Panacone. For A Sea of Love, as well as Tony Sandoval for Snakes, uh, Water Snakes, uh, Lee Bermejo was also nominated for uh, Batman Damned, uh, which 
that's going to be some stiff competition right mm-hmm. there. Um, and then Karita Lupatelli for Izuna Book 2, and Dustin Nagin for uh, Descender. Uh, but yeah, so that's just a few of the nominations, but... That'd be some tough categories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some really good, really good <laughs> books in general just, like, nominated this year. So the, the winners will be announced at San Diego Comic-Con, and Matt, while you were looking that up, you also found some other information. I did. This is kind of amazing. kind of blows me away. Um, so Image led the Eisner nominations uh, with 19. Uh, DC has 17. Uh, Image, as Mitch said, swept the Best New Series category. Um, but some of the other notable things, uh, Lion Forge, who we graciously get stuff from often, um, has 10 nominations, tying IDW. That's awesome. They also have more than Marvel. Marvel only has seven. That's incredible. Yeah. That's fantastic, and yeah. it's awesome. So Yeah, so major, major props to Lion Forge on that one. All right, so we are going to start a new segment. Uh, it's it's going to be fun. It's hopefully going to be interesting. It's, uh, it's called Guilty Pleasure or Dumpster Fire. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like our show in general. <laughs> He's not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like our lives. <laughs> She's not wrong. Yeah. I'll, I'll announce what, what prompted this in, in a second. But basically the idea of this is that uh, each month we're going to look at a different property, um, whether it's like a movie or a TV show. Uh, it could be a new release. It could be a classic, you know, from way back when. Um Air, air quotes. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna use that term loosely. <laughs> um, but anyway, so then we're going to decide whether or not it's a guilty pleasure or if it's just a straight up dumpster fire. Um, so <laughs> I'm really excited about this. <laughs> <laughs> so if you have a movie or TV show that you think we should review in the future, uh, shoot us a message on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, so the um, the the. Inaugural uh, debate, I guess, if you will, for for guilty pleasure or dumpster fire, is the Sonic the Hedgehog trailer. Sonic the Hedgehog. It stars James Marsden as uh, Tom Wachowski, which that's like the most generic uh, cop name ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, ben Schwartz as Sonic, and then Jim Carrey as Doctor Eggman um, or Doctor Robotnik if you're nasty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> So, um, so I have my thoughts, uh, but let's let's talk with you guys first. What were your thoughts on the trailer? And I know we watched it one more time right before we started. Like I was almost sold when you told me James Marsden, and then I watched the trailer, and you lost me completely. <laughs> I want to run far away from this because Sonic just looks like a giant furry. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Sonic; he will catch up to you. <laughs> I am not that fast. So <laughs> <laughs> I will just hide and cower instead. <laughs> I can't get past the choice of song for this oh trailer. Why are we using Gangsta's Paradise for Sonic the Hedgehog? <laughs> like, there's nothing gangsta about Sonic. But yeah, you're, you're right. Like, it was such a weird choice for it. And like... I got why they did it, but it really bugged me how they kept, like, kind of stopping and starting the song and stopping and starting and stopping and starting. Um, the entire trailer just got more cringy the more you watched it. It did. Like, it was bad enough the first time, and then re-watching it just now, like, it just, it gets worse every time you see it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And you you mentioned his human teeth, which is weird. <laughs> yes. Um, but that's not the only weird thing about Sonic's appearance, which, to be fair, um, I think it was even just today. Uh, yeah, like four hours ago. Mm-hmm. Jeff Fowler, who is the director of Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, tweeted out, he says, Thank you for the support and the criticism. The message is loud and clear. You aren't happy with the design and you want changes. It's going to happen. Uh, everyone at Paramount and uh, Sega are fully committed to making this, this character the best he can be. And then with the hashtag Sonic Movie and hashtag Gotta Fix, it, gotta fix Fast. Wow. Yeah. Um, Which that's that a, impresses me. Same. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, there were some very serious problems with that design. First off, where are Sonic's gloves? Mm-hmm. I hadn't even thought about that. That's what was wrong. That's not all that was wrong. His shoes. His shoes. Yeah. Uh, his arms were blue, and they're supposed to be more of a beigey kind of color. I mean, they, you know, here's the thing. is like, when they do movies like this, you, you know that they're going to take some liberties. They're going to tweak the character, the, the character's look some. This was a pretty... Fairly, that was a fairly drastic departure from... Yeah. I mean, you're going from an animated character to an animated character. What necessitated that? Right, exactly. Like, there was... Yeah, you didn't need to have such a huge departure from the from the main source material. Um, especially when, like, you saw a lot of the uh, fan edits of it or whatever. That looked good. Mm-hmm. But this one didn't. It looked, no. it, it looked terrifying. <laughs> um, I'm just glad that they didn't... CGI Jim Carrey. True. Which, that kind of leads me to my next point. Um, this is Jim Carrey being classic Jim Carrey. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And as far as the trailer, like, I don't know, I was kind of over the whole scene with the general or whatever, you mm-hmm. know, like. Uh, but outside of that, like, I feel like Jim Carrey could make this. He could be the saving grace exactly. for this movie. My problem with Jim Carrey is he is always the same character yeah. no matter what he's doing he's always just being jim carrey if i wanted to watch that kind of movie guess what i'd watch the jim carrey movie but i'm not watching the jim carrey movie i'm trying to unfortunately watch the sonic the hedgehog movie but i'm getting the jim carrey <laughs> being jim carrey movie <laughs> i don't like jim carrey <laughs> really, no? I, can tell. Huh. I know right surprising I information i'm <laughs> breaking news <laughs> heard here first um, last other thing that I, um, that I don't like about this trailer, and I understand, you know, it's live action, so of course it's going to take place on Earth or in an Earth-like planet, but it doesn't need to take place in our world. You know, Sonic's got a huge world all on his own, like a huge universe all on his own, and they could put, tell many different stories there. Mm. And can we get any more cliche with the, oh... This character now has to come and save our world. Ho, ho, ho. Right. Like, come on. that You've you done that. Get over it. Do yeah. something else. I have one last question, though, for the trailer. Why were there so many subtitles? Yeah, that was weird. Now, that was just on... That was on uh, just Paramount's video. Yeah, okay. I watched it on YouTube, and But they it's didn't not... look like subtitle subtitles. They were just, like, the words that they were saying, and it wasn't, like, the whole phrase. It was just occasionally there was a word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah. But it but you're right, yeah. That I was just Paramount's. Okay. Yeah. That's it, weird. Yeah, it's it, on the on the other trailer that, that's on YouTube, it's not like that. So mm-hmm. okay. that's fine. But still, yeah, I, I agree with you. Okay guys, what's your take? 
Um, guilty pleasure or dumpster fire? We'll start with Lydia. I'm going to go dumpster fire because it, it, it's so cliche and so cringy and I don't think I can get past it. Tabitha? Yeah, no, dumpster fire. Giant one. Matt? I got to agree, dumpster fire. Okay, here's my take. I recognize that this will not be a good movie. I I know this going into it, and you're you're all right. This will probably be a dumpster fire. <laughs> but that said, um, Sonic was a huge part of my my geek upbringing. So like, I'm still holding out hope that it'll at least be a guilty pleasure. Holding out hope. I'm probably gonna leave the theater disappointed, but it'll be all right. You'll leave the theater probably agreeing with the three of us. I'm sure I will. So. Alright, so that um, that's our take. Like I said, uh, by all means, please let us know. And also, let us know um, what you think. If you think Sonic's going to be a guilty pleasure or a dumpster fire. And again, if you want to know, uh, if you want us to review something for next month, then let us know that as well. So, um, Matt, we're going to switch topics and talk about um, some new monsters. I actually stumbled across this. Um completely and totally randomly, but there is a Kickstarter out there for a graphic novel. It's a gothic horror comic series. Uh, it's called Monsters. It is... I mean, the the quick little blurb on Kickstarter says, it's an aging Abraham Van Helsing finds himself in a proxy war between man and monster in a dystopian Victorian London. It will be kind of like a shared universe... With everything from Mary Shelley to Bram Stoker, H.P. Lovecraft, H.G. Wells, all set in a Victorian London. Uh, it's created by Will Vega. Right now on Kickstarter, it has uh, $1,678 of a $3,500 goal with 91 backers and 13 days to go. Uh, this Kickstarter is basically just for issue number zero, just to get things off the ground, get things moving. I mean, this checks all the boxes for me like a revamp um shared universe all these classic monsters um in the world together i think it looks awesome um i hope that this meets the goal i'm probably gonna kick in you know something for it i mean even five bucks gets you a free uh drm free digital copy of the first comic as soon as it's finished plus a uh like a wallpaper that you can use for your computer or mobile phone or whatever. Um, so I don't know. I think it looks really cool. I'm hoping to see this go on. But like I said, I wasn't looking for this. I stumbled across this, um, and I'm really glad that I did. The very first image reminds me of Bioshock. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's interesting because it's it's trying to do it's trying to do a fresh take on on these classic monsters. And then also, what was it? The uh, like the original characters, um, like the Frankenstein prototypes, which mm-hmm. that's, that that interests me right Same. there. So, um, and there's what like 13 days left to go on the uh, yep on the Th- Kickstarter. 13 days as of right now. So, and they're a little over halfway. Like, I can see that. Mm-hmm. I can see it oh, happening. Yeah. Um, the cool thing about this too that I noticed is that he did. They did say that um, even if the campaign is unsuccessful. They're still going to try to get it completed. Uh, it's just going to take a lot longer than yep. they want it to. Right. Tabitha, let's uh, talk about a game that might help detect Alzheimer's. Detect what? <laughs> I would make the same joke. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll let it go. Thanks, I appreciate that. 
Um, there is a new app called Sea Hero Quest that has proven effective at detecting Alzheimer's in the players. Um, it was developed as a partnership between the researchers at University College London and the University of East Anglia and the Alzheimer's Research um, Corporation in the UK and was created by Glitchers, um, the app developer. Um, this game actually can monitor how gamers with and without a genetic predisposition to Alzheimer's navigate the virtual world. You basically move around this game in like an underwater maritime kind of fashion, making decisions on mazes and which directions that you're going. Players with a high genetic risk for Alzheimer's took less efficient routes to reach the checkpoints in the game, hmm. even without knowing that they were genetically predisposed to Alzheimer's. Interesting. They ended up with uh, 4.3 million players, Whoa. and this is now the largest dementia study in history. That's crazy. And it's a video game app. This is incredible. Which, for what it's worth... Um... I didn't download it because I'm afraid to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is a VR app. Oh, well, oh, like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. I, but... Alzheimer's I wonder if I still have the little headset. Now that you say that... I think I've still got one later. Yeah, around somewhere. I still got one later in somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I can't play it though. Somebody else is gonna have to do it because I don't want to. <laughs> I guess I'll volunteer. <laughs> and that's how Lydia finds out she has Alzheimer's. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Who are you? How did I get here? <laughs> I'll help you help Lydia. Okay. <laughs> Where's my help? <laughs> but um. Yeah, but that really is. It's like I love that it's a it's something so simple. It's an app on your phone mm-hmm. that is help. Part one, it's helping in an Alzheimer's study and a dementia study, which is absolutely incredible. But it's like something so simple. Like if we could move forward mm-hmm. with this being the way we test for things, can you imagine? Right. Like, yeah, that's and, just amazing. And didn't they compare the studies that they got from like just people playing to what I think it was like. 39 people that did and 41 that didn't, mm-hmm. vice versa, mm-hmm. Yep, in a lab study. Mm-hmm. Like, they're like they're taking it, like, for it being a, essentially a video game app, it is being conducted like medical research, which yeah. is also incredible. Yeah. And, yeah, what is what is cool, and kind of going back to what you are saying, like, in terms of, like, testing and everything, because the, the current testing, you know, works with, like, memory, mm-hmm. where it's, at that point, it's really advanced, right. you know? Whereas with this, it's um, showing evidence that subtle spatial navigation and awareness deficits can precede memory symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is from a, uh, what, Michael Hornberger, who is the lead researcher. Mm-hmm. That's what he said. So, uh, but yeah, so that's that's interesting. That's like, it's it's basically, it's changing, you know, it could mm-hmm. change the way that we look at this disease. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, all right. So we're going to go ahead and start gut reaction now. And Matt, we're going to start with you and Ghostwriter. With... Disney's acquisition of Fox, they have gained a larger stake in Hulu. And as such, we kind of knew this was coming, but um, they are going to be doing a couple of series on Hulu. Um, the big one they announced, what, today? Uh, yesterday? I think yesterday. Yesterday. Um, is there's going to be a Hulu Ghost Rider series. Um, it is going to is going to debut in 2020, and it will feature the Robbie Reyes version of Ghost Rider, which made his... Not debut but his on-screen debut um in shield uh gabriel luna who played robbie reyes in shield season four i believe 
uh, is going to be reprising his role for this Hulu series. Uh, Ingrid Escajeda, uh, who has worked on Justified and Empire, is going to be serving as showrunner. With, with the idea that Hulu is probably going to be the home for some slightly darker Marvel series, um, I've always liked the prospect of Ghost Rider, so I'm going to go thumbs up on this idea until I see more. Um, what's interesting with this is that it's not, even though he, the character debuted on, uh, S.H.I.E.L.D., it's not a spinoff from S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. Uh, in fact, it's a new iteration of the same character, so it's, from what it sounds like, it's going to kind of ignore that character's arc in S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, I do know that the character got a good reception mm-hmm. when he was on, so, uh, so yeah, so just off of that, thumbs up, sure, Lydia. I know nothing about that character because I have not watched S.H.I.E.L.D. at all, but... I love Ghost Rider as a character, so I'm in, I'm excited to see another take on it. So thumbs up for me. Definitely. I'm just excited to see what Hulu can do in comparison to what Netflix has been doing mm-hmm. with these characters. So thumbs up. Uh, so we have a He-Man for Sony's Masters of the Universe, and it's none other than um, Noah Centino, I think. Sure. Um, Go with it. The uh, he was in To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Uh, but yeah, um, just going off of a quick just image search, uh, I'm giving this a thumb sideways. I know that you know people are able to change their uh, uh, their appearances and whatnot, but as of right now, he does not have the He-Man look for me. Oh, that kid! I watched the from uh, To All the Boys I've Loved Before movie. Yeah, he does not look. Like yeah, him. I'm. Yeah, just going off pictures. I'm just. I'm actually just gonna go thumbs down because I can't see this guy as human like, at all. There's mm. even a side by side someone did, and it's just not good. Like I guess he has the eyebrows, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah, like he'd have to. He'd have to completely change hair. I don't think he'd make a good blonde. Yeah, yeah I'm seconding Lydia's thumbs down. Like some people just aren't meant to be blondes, and he is one of them. Yeah, I I mean, He-Man was a large part of my childhood, and the blonde aspect is crucial, um, but, I mean, He-Man is a... A man, big, for one thing. He's a yeah. big guy. I mean, so... And Noah is not. No, I'm going to go <laughs> thumbs down. Um, Tabitha, let's talk about Tiffany Thiessen. Oh, let's. So, Tiffany Thiessen, Kelly Kapowski... Um, and her husband, Brady Smith, who is a graphic designer, have written a book called You're Missing It. Um, it's a children's picture book, and the book is about a father-son day at the park, where a little boy essentially has his own adventure in his head while the entire time his dad is engrossed in his phone. I'm giving this a thumbs up, because the story of how this was created was shared by the couple. Um, the, uh, Brady Smith happened to be pushing their, like, two or three-year-old on the swing, mm-hmm. and he was, as he was pushing, he was on his phone, and she hollered out the window at him, you're missing it, <laughs> and he was like, oh, crap, I am, and he immediately went inside and basically started sketching out this book. Aww. So, thumbs up. I don't think we have enough acknowledgement in book form that people are too engrossed in their phones around their children, so thumbs up for them. Matt. I'm going to go thumbs up on this idea. I'm just going to devil's advocate just a little bit. Um, because, um, I was actually at the park the other day, um, with my boys and they were like, there are times where you go to the park and you play with your boy, you're with your kids. There are also times where you go to your, go to the park. And the mm. idea is that they play by themselves. Like they right. play at the park cause that's what the park is for. Um, so, you know, there are some situations where, you know, if you're going to check your phone while your yeah. kids having fun at the park, 
it's not the end of the world. Um, but in general, yeah, I'm going to go thumbs up because, yeah, in, for the most part, people are way too engrossed in their phones. Yeah, I'll, I'll also give this a thumbs up. Though, I don't know, I, I kind of feel like it should be a book more for the parents than for the kids. I think it's more of like the adventure that the kid is on. And then at the end, if I, if I read this correctly, at the end, the dad realizes what he's doing and it's it's a situation where the child is alone with the father and the kid is trying to get the father to engage with him and it's mm. not working that's where the issue lies yeah. Lydia I love this idea and thumbs up that just gonna go with that because you guys have said everything else <laughs> <laughs> you, you've covered it okay I saw this earlier today and I'm so this is so weird and I gave you guys just very minimal information about it so Kanye West is developing a Showtime anthology series, uh, which will star Jaden Smith playing a young Kanye West from an alternate reality. What? It's, it's called Omniverse, and it's a limited half-hour anthology series that, quote, uh, examines the many doors of perception. The pilot script has already been commissioned. Well, I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> I am giving this a thumbs up. This sounds ridiculous, and I need showtime right now. Lydia. The only thing Kanye is good for is interrupting Taylor Swift and getting her off the stage. We don't... Why... We don't need an alternate reality with Kanye West. Go away. Thumbs down. Tampa. I feel like I'm already living in an alternate reality with Kanye West. I don't (laughs) need an alternate alternate reality with Kanye West. Also, can I give Kanye West a shame bell? Is that a thing I can do? Sure. (laughs) Thumbs down. Me. But are you going to shame him? He's not worthy. <laughs> He's not worthy to be on the list. Then Lydia has to type Kanye into her phone and she starts getting weird Google things. And I'm, just, I'm not that cruel. <laughs> I appreciate it. You're welcome. Matt. I don't want this universe's version of Kanye, more or less an alternate reality version of Kanye. Kanye. Like Conway Twitty? That's one of the Conway universes. Kanye's Conway Twitty? Oh my god, no, please don't. That I might actually watch. Conway Kanye Twitty? If he if he does if he does country music instead of rap. That is an insult to Conway Twitty. You take that back right now. This is a big fat thumbs down. But at least a thumbs up for Kanye Twitty? No. No for that. <laughs> Guys, I have I have the name for this episode. <laughs> Great. So oh, I'm Lord. sorry, uh, Matt. Let's talk Saints Row. Saints Row. Um, the video games have gotten uh, more and more ludicrous as the series has gone along, and they are to the point where they're ludicrous enough to warrant a movie. F. Gary Gray, who directed the Fate and the Furious is set to direct this Saints Row film. It's still in the early stages. Greg Russo is attached to write the screenplay. We right now have no story details other than the fact that it will take place following the exploits of the Third Street Saints gang in both Stillwater and Steelport, which are cities from the games. The first game, when it first came out, was slightly interesting. Like, the premise was interesting to me. Um, but then as things got more ludicrous, it was like a Sharknado kind of thing. Like, why are we still doing this? Considering that we're getting a movie, I'm going to go thumbs down on this idea. You know, I'm going to give this a thumbs uh, thumb sideways. I don't know much about Saints Row, but um, what, what concerns me, and it's something that I actually want to talk about when we were talking about Sonic, 
Are there ma- there aren't many, if any, good movie adaptations of games? No. There so, no. Uh, so just that in itself is kind of terrifying for me. So I'm going to give it a thumb sideways, Lydia. I don't know much about Saints Row, but just based off the little that I do know and the history that video game movies have, I'm not looking for this to do very well. So I'm going to give it a thumb sideways just for the possibility that it might break the cycle, but I'm not optimistic. (laughs) Yeah, same thoughts. I just, every video game movie that's come out has been subpar at best for the most part. So I don't see why this would be any better. So thumb sideways. So yesterday... DC released uh, what is the lead-up to their big summer event. It's called Year of the Villain. It was a 25-cent one-shot, setting up a line-wide event, uh, basically putting the villains of DC in power. Uh, I Hmm. picked it up. I wasn't too sold on it. I picked it up because it was a quarter, so hey, whatever. (laughs) Um, uh, It it has three stories in it. Um, Two of the... uh, Two explore uh, ongoing plot threads in Justice League, and then one sets up the event Le- uh, Leviathan uh, miniseries. Uh, I'm giving this a thumb sideways. As much as I enjoyed it, uh, what terrifies me about this book, is, and at the end, like it shows like all the different titles that this you know this miniseries is gonna you know Cross. have a part. Yeah, and there are a lot. And just for me, like I'm the type of person that like I need to have. If I'm going to, I commit to events like this, and so I would have to get all of them, and, and I don't want all of them. So, uh, <laughs> thumb sideways for me, uh, Lydia. I'm also going to go thumb sideways. It sounds like a cool premise, but like you said, spanning that many different things sounds like a problem, so. Definitely. Yeah, that feels like it's trying to cover a lot of space, however I love any universe where the villains take over, so thumb sideways. You don't say. <laughs> <laughs> Matt. I mean, I definitely like the premise, um, and I have grown less uh, opposed to events in comics um, over the last year or so as Marvel has kind of slowed things down a little bit and DC has done essentially better, I guess, with theirs. Um, You know, Doomsday Clock notwithstanding uh, (laughs) because it's not done yet. Um, But that's beside the point. Um, But yeah, the idea... Like, if you're going to do one of these, like, do the event series and then have some spin-offs, but don't make it widespread across everything. That's just that's obnoxious. I'm gonna go thumb sideways. Uh Tabitha, let's talk about um uh a new uh Ukrainian computer game. Ukrainian computer game, yep. Alright. Uh there is a new game out um showing the city of Chernobyl after the events of the nuclear reactor breakdown. I was kind of all for this at first when I started looking at it, and then I looked a little bit more into it, and I was less all about it. Um, it's also partially inspired by Avatar. I'm mm. gonna let that. I'm gonna let that alone. But it, it is what it is. People that are entering this game at first think they're like control, like are just playing a virtual world, but in reality, you're controlling a robot that is equipped with a camera and a computer that makes its way around a model of the town. So it's not actually a virtual reality. It's literally a robot sitting on a on a little car that you're driving around a, a village of Chernobyl, like a model of it, like a hmm. scale model. It's down to like the tiniest detail, like there's dust, there's little dogs and stuff, like everything. The only problem with this game is that it costs $9 to play. 
Only 20 people can play at a time simultaneously. They have had 62,615 people sign up, uh, 15,000 in France, around 10,000 in the U.S. I was, like I said, I was down until I started like looking at the, the images of this game and the way they modeled it to show scale was they had this girl <laughs> stand next to these buildings showing you the scale of the buildings and it just looks like geeky Godzilla-like photos. It's very <laughs> strange. Thumbs up for them for the creativity because I think it's amazing. But thumbs down for the, like, obviously you have to pay to play it. And additionally, you're looking at 20 people at a time when you've got 62,000 people that are signed up to play it. No one's ever going to get to play this. Matt, if you're going to do something like this and you're going to build the model city, you're going to go down to the details, you know, that's really cool. Go for it. I mean, I like the idea that you're actually controlling a robot you know, with a camera on it while you're playing this. But the idea of opening this up worldwide and how already having 62,000 people signed up and 20 people at a time, that part was not very well thought out. Just digitize all of it and put it on different servers so that you can let everybody play. Because, like Tabitha said, like, you're never going to get to play. So, mm-hmm. thumbs down. Yeah, I'm giving this a thumbs down too, just based off, solely off of that aspect of it. Like, yeah, there's... I, I don't understand why they, they have that limit so low. Like because they, don't, they they have 20 cars that can drive, and only 20 cars can fit inside the model that they've built at a time. Still. Mm-hmm. Like I said, if you servers. can put the cameras on it, you can digitize all of that, and then you can set it up on multiple servers, and then you just set it to 20 people per server. Lydia. Yeah, I'm also going to go thumbs down because of that reason. Also, is it, it literally just to look around at the place. You're That's the essentially only thing. like you're looking for a new energy source and you collect points when you find the new energy source that's not the radiation. Okay. Right. Yeah, I'm just think I'm still gonna go thumbs down. There's just there's some issues with this. You're looking for an obtainium. Yeah, basically. Basically, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even get to that part. So <laughs> um Tabitha, let's stick with you and talk about a new uh, Japanese museum. Oh, yeah. So last Friday, uh, Japan's first Museum of Supernatural Monsters opened in Hiroshima. Ooh. Lydia? Miyoshi Mononoke. Museum. Um, <laughs> uh, opened on Friday. Uh, it has over 5,000 items that were donated by Lydia. <laughs> Koichi Yumo. Yeah. Yumo. Yumo. Yumoto. Jesus. There we go. You did a better job than <laughs> uh, An anthropologist <laughs> from Tokyo. Um, there's 160 items in the collection. Um, you can utilize international or interactive digital picture books, take photos with the monsters, things like that. It's it's basically a Japanese folk- folklore museum when you boil right down to it. Um, this looks really cool. I wish I could go. Thumbs up. Matt. That does look super cool. I think that would be awesome to explore. I wish that was something that was like a traveling exhibit mm-hmm. that would go around to different science museums around the country or around the world. Because um, I would love to, like, you know, have a picture with a Godzilla, <laughs> you know, mock-up or whatever. So, thumbs up. Yeah, definitely thumbs up. That just sounds so cool. Uh, Lydia. I love this. I love, like, supernatural folklore. I love, I just love all of this. I want to go to Japan now. Thumbs up. <laughs> I'll, go with, I'll go with you because you have Sweet. to pronounce everything. Like, like, how do you out. pronounce this? <laughs> just give me more warning next time. So Sorry, I, I meant it. to be like, hey, Lydia, read this, and I... Because yeah, I'm like, ah, blah, 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 too many ends. <laughs> there's not that many there. <laughs> so, uh, Tabitha, one more. Uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber. Um, Andrew Lloyd Webber and Madame Tussauds have teamed up to launch an, ex- uh, an exhibition about Broadway. 
Um, it's going to show guests different back, uh, different aspects of backstage life. Um, I'm assuming that given Madame Tussard's involvement, there's going to be wax statues, which are creepy, but I'll let it go. Um, they're going to have like a good digital component where um, the fan of the opera comes out and like welcomes you to everything, mm. right? Um, you're going to see cats, Evita, all the Andrew Lloyd Webber things. Um, what? It will be coming to 42nd Street in New York City in June, and I want to go real bad, even though I'm real afraid of wax figures. So thumbs up. Matt. That's a cool idea. And this is another one of those things like culturally that I think is necessary. Um, like there's there's a lot of value in whether it's just Andrew Lloyd Webber's or you know musicals and these Broadway type plays in general. Um, so I think it's awesome they're doing something like this. So thumbs up. Uh, I'm giving it a thumbs sideways only because, like you, Tabitha, I have a fear of um, wax figures. It's not as bad as an adult, but as a kid, uh, I remember going to a wax museum and having a meltdown. No pun intended. <laughs> no pun intended. For once. <laughs> Lydia. I think this is awesome, and I will go with you to guard you from the wax figures. Thanks. <laughs> so, thumbs up. <laughs> Lydia, let's talk about Burger King and what they're doing. They're just doing things that they shouldn't do. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> so Burger King is releasing a thing called Moody Boxes, basically their version of like Happy Meals, but they're just meals in a box, from what I can tell. <laughs> like it, it's literally just a different box. There's like four or five different boxes, like. None of them are happy. They're all one. One's pissed. One's blue. Salty. Yes. And DGAF. So like it's just here. Pick a box that you're feeling today, and we'll put your food in that. They partnered with Mental Health America uh, for Mental Health Awareness Month for this. So I guess it's kind of cool for that aspect. My problem with it is if you're going to do something like this. Don't just be like, oh, here's some silly boxes for your food to go in because mental health awareness, use it for something. Use it mm. so much the proceeds go to yeah. helping this. Don't just jump on a bandwagon because you think it'll get you money. Thumbs down. Definitely. Yeah, I wish they were doing something a little different with the proceeds. Like for however many they sold, they donated whatever. I like the idea though because God knows there's sometimes I'm just not happy enough for a happy meal. <laughs> so thumbs <laughs> sideways. Matt. I think I'm just going to go thumbs down on this because, yes, they really should be doing something other than just jumping on the bandwagon and claiming that this is for this particular, you know, awareness month. You know, as an adult, I go through the drive through I don't want to fight a stupid box to get my meal. I just give it to me in a bag. Let me tear the bag open and eat my sad meal. <laughs> just go on with my life. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give this a thumbs up. I, yes, you're right. They... It, it would be cool if they were doing that that extra of, you know, like, donating proceeds or, you know, whatever. But I'll tell you what, like, doing something like this, and I don't think that it's nationwide. Uh, so, unfortunately, I don't think that I can get a Yaz meal here in Springfield. <laughs> um, but, um, and if it is, then, okay, cool, awesome. <laughs> but, um, but that, you know, that's the thing. Like, it's going to get people talking about it. It's going to get people, you know, posting pictures of it, like, oh, hey. I just got the DGAF meal at Burger King, you know, like, and posting on social media and, you know, like, hopefully getting that bigger conversation going. Uh, so for that, I do think that that's a good idea. So, um, all right, so let's move on. Matt, um, we have kind of an update from the 
uh, high school production of Alien? We do. I'm really super excited about this, and I need to see if I can find time um, to make this happen. But a couple weeks ago, we talked about the uh, New Bergen High School in New Jersey that was doing the stage play of Alien. They made the props out of recycled materials. It's the full 90-minute. Uh, this is the 90-minute play. One of the parents filmed one of the uh, presentations of the school play. So the entire 90-minute play was shot in 4K and is available on YouTube. It has gotten praise from both Ridley Scott and Sigourney Weaver, who, if I'm not mistaken, Sigourney Weaver actually went and saw one of the performances. That's That's awesome. Right? Just the fact that this has garnered attention and is now available online, I really want to find time to make and watch this. Hey, maybe that can be one of our... uh... (laughs) But see, I don't think it's either (laughs) one of those things. I mean... But, uh, I think I it's mean, just an instant classic. Right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you really, I mean, these are high school kids putting this together. I can't root this. I, I can't vote this a dumpster fire. Right. <laughs> it's not nice for them. They put a lot of work into this. But see, but and that's the cool thing too that like, and you know, granted, it may still end up getting taken down by you know like higher ups or whatever. But so far, like, there hasn't been any kind of pushback. You know, no. like you haven't seen like. You know, Sigourney Weaver being like, oh, hey, you know, like, what are you doing? Like, because that's exactly how she talks. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I mean, so that's cool. And if, you know, and if it's allowed to stay up on YouTube just for the masses to see, then, you know, awesome. Which, Excellent. Nice. Which Lydia is checking it out right now. <laughs> A couple of quick, quick things I want to talk about. And then we got time for two more stories. There were a couple of uh, Avengers Endgame um news things that came out mm-hmm. uh one was actually out of texas where a domino's employee assaulted a co-worker who spoiled the plot of endgame justified <laughs> uh police were called to domino's they issued a citation a citation to justin surface who is 33 after the incident i'm not for sure if that is the spoiler or the spoilee <laughs> <laughs> probably the spoilee but the spoiler should also have gotten something <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they did interview a customer who did say something like, uh, well, maybe they were really wanting to go see it, but I feel like uh, if they were that into it, they should have pre-ordered tickets. Uh, maybe they couldn't get off work. Maybe they couldn't get off work. Also, it doesn't matter. I mean, you know, like, unless, you know, uh, and I don't know who, you know, whether or not, like, somebody, like, the the spoiler, like, kind of provoked the spoiler mm-hmm. or vice versa, you know, or if the spoiler just walked in and just said, Blank. Um, that would yeah, be, that would have been a jerk move of me if I. Said that. <laughs> no, but, um, Especially since I avoided an entire episode just because of that. That truth, truth. Um, also, out of Endgame uh, in China, a 21 year old uh, cried so hard at the end of the movie that she started hyperventilating. So much so that she began to have trouble breathing, and then she was rushed to the hospital and given oxygen. Solid. So <laughs> seems legit. So somebody who had it worse off than you, Tab. I mean, (laughs) I feel for her. (laughs) Um, Okay, so two more stories. The one I really, I want to talk about this one because I took the 12 minutes out of my life and watched the video of it. (laughs) So earlier this week, last week, I don't know, uh, Jack Posobiec, that's how you pronounce his name, right? Mm. But anyway, um, he's... Far-right uh, media personality, 
he interviewed none other than Alex Jones for One America News. Oh my. And they talked about Game of Thrones. And how Game of Thrones is a race war and anti-men and somehow devolved into talking about Star Wars and started talking about liberals in general. And it was just, it was a very bizarre 12, almost 13 minutes of my life that I can never get back. Um, so, basically, uh, Alex Jones was saying that Hollywood was, is pushing all these race war movies, blacks against whites, whites are evil and racist, um, and said also that, the like I said, that the um, the Game of Thrones touts an anti-man, anti-civil uh, chivalry message. What's interesting, and granted, like, and this article pointed this out, um, Game of Thrones, like, the cast it, it is mostly white. It's, mm-hmm. it's almost exclusively yeah. white. Yeah. So you have white people being bad guys. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is true. But then also white people being good guys. Correct. <laughs> I mean, it's Game of Thrones. Almost everyone's a bad guy. You're not wrong. There's like maybe three people who are actually not complete jerks. So three <laughs> might be kind of high. Um, he did compare, you know, like uh, they, he did compare the left or, you know, liberals uh, to White Walkers, which also like they kind of touched on it, but um, <laughs> they kind of touched on it. By, I expected them to go a little bit further uh, to call, you know, to be like, oh, well, why are they white walkers? No, Lord. <laughs> I wanted more of that, to be honest with oh, you. Oh, <laughs> God. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, so, so the, you know, the left are white walkers who are, uh, who will always, you know, flip us off and never talk to us and blah, blah, blah to get their side. Like, I don't need to know your side of the story, Alex Jones, because I know your side of the story. And, well, you know. <laughs> um, but it was just, it was bizarre because, like, in the span of 45 seconds, they were talking about Game of Thrones to Jussie Smollett, uh, the Empire actor, um, who, that's just a whole other can of worms, uh, to the left being pro-killing babies after they're born. There, there were a lot of leaps there. That devolved quickly. <laughs> like, that's not even segues. No. But... These guys have worse segues than I have. <laughs> I didn't know it was possible. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> also, they did. It was it was quick, and I wanted to go back and listen to it again to make sure. But I'm like 93 percent sure that they compared Jon Snow to Donald Trump. No. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot more words to say, but none of them were polite. So I'm just gonna say no. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so that was. That was, man, it was it was an interesting... Like, like I, I want to watch it, but I also feel for my blood pressure, so I probably don't need to. See, I'm the type of person, like, I enjoy stuff like that because I like that it makes me angry. Oh, yeah, but you calm yeah. down a lot faster than I do. True. It takes me, like, a week. <laughs> Sometimes more. Sometimes months. <laughs> but, yeah, so if you're, if you're ever interested, and if you ever want to get, you know, like... Riled up? Yeah. <laughs> Check that out. It's on YouTube. <laughs> so, uh, last story of the night. Do we want to talk about um, what you can't bet on Jeopardy? Um, do we want to talk about Lime Scooters um, getting hacked? Or do we want to talk about a uh, new kind of speaker? That was a shame. <laughs> I bet anything but the speaker. Because I don't know that I can talk about that with a straight face. <laughs> No one can see your face. It's fine. Yeah, you're right. 
<laughs> no one can see how red it'll be. <laughs> Speaker it is. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, Tabitha, what's up? You guys are monsters. Um, a Spanish um, gynecological clinic has claimed that since the fetus can only hear sounds coming from inside the mother, uh, sound should be played to the baby from inside the mother. For $150, you can buy your very own baby pod. It is a small speaker that you plug into any device, and then the speaker is then inserted into the mother so the baby can listen to tunes but don't worry this like, gets better is it taken orally or no it's not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is it is not um uh also this thing is huge so i think it might be like prepping you for childbirth i'm not sure um but don't worry if you want to listen to the same music your baby is listening to there's also headphones that attach to the speaker oh. that well, then the little wire will run out into your ears, and you can enjoy your listening experience together. That's a headphone splitter that I do not need. Nope. <laughs> There's also a lot of crevasses in a speaker. That seems like a lot of infection to me, but what do I know? I'm not a Spanish gynecological clinic. $150 isn't bad for a good speaker, though. Uh, right, but... <laughs> I, I feel like it's not like. gonna go very high because you know you don't want the baby coming out like what? Like, <laughs> just instantly, <laughs> instantly like I'm sorry, what'd you say? <laughs> My mom was bearing blaring Kanye Twitty the entire time. <laughs> I was in the womb. I can't hear a thing now. This just sounds uncomfortable. <laughs> sounds <Yeah>. sounds <laughs> uncomfortable. It, like you would. There's got to be some bass to it when you hold your phone in your hand. You can feel the music playing through it. I just hope people are choosing their music wisely. Death metal. Yeah. Right. I just, yeah, I, man, I, I have questions. Like, exactly, like, how, there's no way that could be comfortable. No. Like, no. There's no possible way. And so, like. I also don't think that the baby can only hear tunes because like they've like you see those like sonograms and things where music is playing on the outside and the babies are like moving to the beat because they can hear it like i don't necessarily think we need to get all literally up in somebody to enjoy, <laughs> enjoy our tunes but i can talk to my sister's stomach for months and then have my niece respond to my voice the moment i walk in the hotel room i uh, ho- hotel room your hospital room <laughs> doesn't sound sanitary I, do- <laughs> I don't think we need a speaker for the baby to hear the no music. i don't either so it's okay so the the speaker is plugged in so it's not like connected via bluetooth or correct okay. there's cables well, that's probably best you don't yeah, want to lose anything <laughs> Time to have a wayward speaker. <laughs> <laughs> that just sounds horrible. How, how do you explain that to your doctor? Right? Like, what? I fell on it. <laughs> Works for a lot of things. I, I don't think this is one of them. That's how they got there in the first place. Ew. <laughs> 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 also, how do you go about cleaning one of these things? That's what I'm saying. Like, is it waterproof? Look, I don't know. God, I hope so. There's like. If you look at it, I mean, it looks like a speaker. Like, you've got the the holes for the music to come out of. Like, this does not look sanitary. 
I don't know. Gwyneth Paltrow told everybody to put a jade egg in there and they listen. Now people are saying put cloves of garlic in there and they're listening. Now they're giving you $150 speakers to put in there. People are going to listen. Also, it's those just what the internet just, does. Those cords just do not look long enough to place that there and then still have the headphones reach your ears without oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. issue. You are right. Also, it looks like the thing, the squeezy thing on a blood pressure. It looks like a, a stethoscope. Yeah. Ah. It looks like the squeezy thing on a blood pressure thing and then the stethoscope. This just does not look... No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. It's just a big bag of nope. Mm-hmm. So. I'm glad you didn't say box. <laughs> <laughs> I broke Mitch. <laughs> well, on that note, <laughs> that is all the time we have for this episode of The Geek Awakens. Thank you. <laughs> uh, we'll be back next week, but in the meantime... We'll be posting news on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, uh, so be sure to follow us there. While you're there, give us some people. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days, I'm going to do this without messing up. No. And that'll be like our last episode. Um, while you're there, give us some feedback and tell us what cool stuff we're missing out on. From all of us at the Geek Awakens, thanks for listening, and we hope we'll be back next week. Everybody, say bye. Bye! bye.